You know, I've been studying success and how to grow a prosperous business and how to become the greatest salesman in the world. I mean, that's an ambition of mine. But what I learned is that no different than the story within this book, the one who gave up success, his business, and his future all to keep a lying baby warm, I have to do the same. If I wanna become great, I have to become the least, which means laying down the very thing that I cherish and desire the most and using it for the benefit of my king first. Welcome to the High Powered Podcast, the podcast created to help you grow strong, healthy, and confident in mind, body, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Chase Livingston. I recently returned to an old favorite book of mine. I haven't read it in years, and I caught something that I had never realized before. In the book, The Greatest Salesman in the World, there's this young and ambitious salesman who sets out to become what's known as the greatest salesman in the world. And so along his journey, he finds himself in the city of Bethlehem, trying to sell this expensive and luxurious robe, right? He only has one and his job is to sell it. And as he's traveling, it gets cold, it gets dark, and he has to find somewhere to sleep. So he finds this cave and it's here within this cave that he runs into a man and a woman who are circled around this sleeping baby lying in a manger. And so he sees that they're cold, he sees that they're in need of something to keep them warm, and so he offers up this robe to them. The thing that he was supposed to sell, he gives it to them, and he leaves the cave. And as he leaves the cave, he's actually disheartened because he was supposed to sell this for a profit in order to become the greatest salesman. However, he felt like, you know what, maybe this whole salesman thing is just not for me. And he looks up into the sky and he sees this big, bright, shining star. And as I read through this, I couldn't help but think about the parallels in the story. Like I had read this story before, but it had never, this particular point, which was less than two pages long, had never stuck out to me like this before. The different parallels between this part of the story and the Bible. You know, the uh, you've got, he's in the city of Bethlehem. He's got this baby in a manger. There's this bright shining star, but the cave thing kind of threw me off. So I decided to go into research to see exactly where Christ was born. You know, here in Western culture, we've made this idea popular that Christ was born in a stable. And this is typically where we keep our animals and our livestock here in America. Like that's just kind of what we think of. And so it kind of makes sense that we, uh, would, that, that we would think that Jesus rested here in the biblical account as well. And last night, you know, me and my family, we go, we're driving around town, we're looking at Christmas lights, and we would pass all of these different nativity scenes that were set up. And in the nativity scenes, it was the same ones that you've seen a hundred times, right? You see this tiny little barn. It looks like a tiny little shed. There is Mary and Joseph. You have the three wise men. You have the shepherds, all of these animals. And then, of course, you have baby Jesus right there as the centerpiece. But scholars actually say that this probably isn't the most accurate account. In fact, there have been several writings of Jesus being born in a cave. This was believed by some of the earliest church fathers and Emperor Constantine even dedicated this cave as what's called the Church of Nativity because he believed that's where Christ was born. There's even archeological evidence that says that people kept animals in cave, especially during colder seasons. Yet the Bible says nothing specific about Christ being born in a stable 
or in a cave. Another view that's often been stated is that Christ was born in a house. Just because there was no room in the inn due to the census that was taking place during this time doesn't mean that the Hebrew people would have, would have disregarded their cultural sense of hospitality and pushed a woman away who was in the last days of her pregnancy. The inn may have referred to upper rooms in the homes where these rooms were specifically dedicated to people who were travelers who when they came in they had a place to stay and then the lower levels were reserved for keeping animals that were supposed to be kept safe. So instead of offering up the inn where travelers who were coming in could typically stay, they were told to sleep in the lower levels of the home amongst the animals. And this is probably the most accurate idea or concept being presented here. Yet the Bible is unclear about the location of where Jesus was actually born. And there's an even more recent one that I have never heard about that is super fascinating. Midgul Eder or the Tower of Eder. The Tower of Eder was a watchtower where special appointed sheep were kept for sacrifices to atone the sins of Israel. Baby lambs were wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger to prevent them from harming themselves or injuring themselves and defiling themselves for the sacrifice. Could this have been where Christ was born? I love this idea because it presents a whole new image to Christ's birth that I have never even thought about before. But the Bible doesn't tell us it's important that he was born in a stable or in a cave or in someone's home. But what it does say is she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. That's the important piece. A clear distinction. Behold the Lamb of God, the one who comes to take the sins of all the world. No wonder the shepherds found themselves bowing down and worshiping him when they came to visit. What Mary and Joseph might have thought, looking down at this child lying there, prophecy being fulfilled before their very eyes, knowing as tender and as mild as he was that he would one day be sacrificed for all of the world. It's things like this that continue to make the Bible so freaking cool to me. There continues to be more to learn and discover about Jesus. The connections and fulfillments are seriously mind-blowing. Like, what a God we serve. But what is most interesting to me is the fact that I decided to pick this book back up around Christmas time to revisit a story that I'm super familiar with but found something that I'd never witnessed before. Something that would cause me to go into research, to start to actually find where he might have been born. And instead, it brought me closer to him in some sense. That little spark of curiosity guided me to learning something deeper about my God. But that's not even the best part. You know, I've been studying success and how to grow a prosperous business and how to become the greatest salesman in the world. I mean, that's an ambition of mine. But what I learned is that no different than the story within this book, the one who gave up success, his business, and his future all to keep a lying baby warm, I have to do the same. If I wanna become great, I have to become the least, which means laying down the very thing that I cherish and desire the most and using it for the benefit of my king first. My business, my future, my success, none of that stuff matters if I'm not willing to sacrifice it for him, the one who gave it all for me. It was a gentle reminder to continue to give those things to him and he will make my path straight. And so during this Christmas season, you know, I don't know what God is speaking to you. I know this time can be a super busy time when we've got a lot of different things going on, the stress and the hustle and bustle of the holidays, and it can be easy to get distracted from the reason for the season. But if we will quiet ourselves, if we will be willing to put the things that we love and desire most and offer it up, to our king, who knows what he will speak to us? 
Who knows how he can touch and enrich our lives? And who knows the blessings and the future that he has for us? Because little did the guy and this character know, and I know that this is a fictitious story. There is nothing in the Bible that discusses a man who came and laid a robe on him. But if we have the same heart and the same character to be willing to lay these things down before him, to offer these things up to him and trust him in order to sacrifice something greater, Who knows how he can bless us in the future? Well, that's it for today's video. I hope you got something that blessed you today. If you did, please be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. And last but not least, I hope that you have a Merry Christmas.